1: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
0: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 20, so roll them, roll them up if you got it. Uh, You know, hopefully have a good time listening to this pod And uh, yeah, that's a 420 joke A really bad one at that So with that, I have to ask Andy How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing good You know, all good things must come to an end But uh, for the New York Rangers last night Not really too upset with Well, I wasn't upset with the way they played so much Uh, Obviously, I was upset about some other things Which we will get into but uh, yeah, I mean, as I thought I would be a lot more upset when they finally lost, but I, I think I'm just happy they were able to reinsert themselves in, in some capacity, at least in, entrench themselves in this uh, this chariots of fire-esque playoff race in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, happy 420 episode of our podcast to whoever celebrates. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah. So, uh, but eager to get your thoughts about uh, last night's loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins game. Uh,
0: Like I said, uh, I think the last podcast there was going to be three games and four nights. Uh, you end obviously with your toughest opponent opponent being Pittsburgh. Uh, one of those games where you know I just feel like there was just a lot of buzz and a lot of talk about how Pittsburgh you know fell to the New York Rangers in the playoffs. It was kind of a revenge game. And to be honest with you, I really liked how the New York Rangers played. I thought they had a lot of energy given what their schedule was like this week. And, you know, it's one of those things where this is that this is a loss where as annoying as it is because you were right there. It's okay. It's like, okay, like you can excuse this one. Like we battled hard. We didn't give up. We we came back. But you just knew the kind of writing was going to be on the wall with this one, with Pittsburgh, you know, circling this one on their calendar. They're a little bit fresher. Again, last game of a road trip. It's just, it's tough to kind of end, you know, playing at that level uh, that you need to be to beat a Pittsburgh Penguin team when you're kind of at the tail end of your road trip and you're feeling a little exhausted. So, you know, to put it in perspective, we went toe to toe with the team in their last 10, that's eight, one and one. Uh, they're climbing up the standings. Uh, they almost, they're almost they only two points behind the New Jersey Devils, to put it in perspective. And yeah, as frustrating as that game was to watch and, and feel like you you gave up points there. But at the end of the day, it, it's one of those games where, you know what, you battle tested. There's a couple black eyes, I think, on this game uh, that we'll get into. But overall, team game for the New York Rangers, pretty proud of them. So uh, this is the level of compete that you'd expect every game. And they certainly left it left it out there. So, um, you know, what was your perspective on this?
1: Yeah, basically similar to yours. Again, it's funny. This is a game, whereas throughout their their winning streak, uh, their advanced stats weren't as good. And yet they were winning games where it was the opposite uh, earlier in the season when they were losing every game. Now here's another game they win the advanced stats battle, the possession and, and offense generation battle. But lo and behold, they lose the game. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it was a pretty even game. I mean, you can, if you want to point to what did them in this game, it was the special teams battle and it was uh, careless penalties. Pittsburgh obviously scoring two goals on the power play and the Rangers penalty kill had been excellent uh, up to at least through, during this run that had brought them to tops of the league. Just didn't, yeah, you know, they had a, didn't, they had a tough one. But, you know, obviously there are some players I wasn't too happy with. I think it seems like for the fan base, uh, you know, fairly or unfairly, Sammy Blay takes a pretty boneheaded penalty. Awful. Uh, He is yet to score as a New York Ranger. Pavel Buchnevich is setting personal records with the the St. Louis Blues. It's just, uh, you know, like I said, who knows if it's because of the ACL thing, but It's just, you know, it would seem that something's going to come to a head with his spot in the lineup. It'll be interesting to see if he gets sat. Although, Gerard Glant sat a few players in this game that I thought was interesting, especially some who I thought were actually going pretty good. Um, In Vitaly Krafsov, I think Kako took a shift or two where he was, you know, took less shifts in the third. So, who knows? But, but that's also after Kraft's off at times was playing with uh, Zbanejad and, and Aaron. So he's nothing if not consistent with how all over the, the place he is with, with his lines is, is Gerard Glant. But, uh, you know, we had been harping on Chris Kreider a little bit going into this game. And lo and behold, he, he has a, a two goal effort. Him and Trocek are really finding some magic together, uh, becoming a pretty crucial line for the Rangers. Trocheck, you know, the, the hometown kid, you knew he was going to put it all out there, and he was obviously excellent the entire game. Uh, some of the moves he made, you know, on, honestly, on bo- his passes on both goals that Kreider scored were, were pretty awesome, you know, putting it almost between the defender's feet. Uh, and prior to the game, he literally had, because he's from the Pittsburgh area, he had the entire team over to his Nona's house, and she made everyone, like, a an italian feast chicken parm uh meatballs all the whole the whole nine yards so i would love to be a fly on the wall at uh vinnie trochick's Nona's house for feeding the entire new york rangers you know with her italian food but uh yeah he good game for him but you know in the end like i had said they lost a special teams battle they but they did they kept it close they come back after going down three to one A little defensive breakdown, let Crosby sneak into the slot, uh, and then they almost tie it up, which I'm sure this will be the next segment of our podcast. Zibanejad, basically in the dying minutes of the third period, streaks into the zone, gets past the defender, literally gets taken out at the skates by a stick, just getting swung around, uh, slides into the side of the post, right in front of the referee, Wes McCauley, but no, no call on the play. Even the Pittsburgh broadcast was really surprised he, there was no penalty. So that's how you know it was pretty egregious uh, and kind of shocking. So uh, I don't want to say that was the reason because they were already losing. But at the same time, I have never seen more of a blatant not called penalty. At first, I was like, this is a penalty shot because um, I thought he almost got the puck off. You know what I mean? So I, th- I was like, this it, but then nothing. It was pretty pretty shocking. I you know I I don't know what his explanation was or for why or but and, and that's the thing. I, I refs need to be held accountable.
0: They need to ha- have to sit with the media, especially after that. I think the media should get a an opportunity to sit with a ref if they if they feel that it's necessary. I mean, it, it's just it's so bizarre that that wasn't a call. And I want to hear their explanation. They should have to be able to back. There are no call or call up. Like, listen, if you get a an offsides wrong, you're able to challenge it. If you get, you know, it, you know, icings are always tough because you know some of them are, um, you know, it, it's you know close call with the races and stuff like that. Now down to the dot, but I don't, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where it you couldn't draw up a trip like any better. Like if there was a tape and you had to show what a trip was, that was certainly a clip that you would just show. And I don't don't get it. I don't get how the refs just get away with just not being held accountable. And I'm not saying that he should lose his job and should never ref another game again. I mean, we're all human. We certainly make mistakes. But there's got to be some sort of explanation. You either have to own up to it and say, if I can go back, I would have called that a trip. I'm sorry. Or you should have said, "Listen, I didn't think it was a trip because I thought he was driving uh, a little bit too too hard on his edges, and I thought he helped himself down a little bit uh, and wasn't in full control. And anything at that point would, you know, would would be helpful, even if he's lying and he wanted the the Pittsburgh Penguins to win. Just lie to me, please. Um, but uh, Andy, I, I just can't help but the league loves Pittsburgh. They love Crosby. They love Pittsburgh." They're just gonna always cater to this team, and you know the NHL had to bail them out. We spoke about this last year. The NHL had to bail them out uh, with Sidney Crosby fixing it, so they got Crosby to save the organization. Uh, And you know they just continue to this day cater to this team. And um, yeah, it's just it's just another example of just Pittsburgh getting every benefit of the doubt. So um, because you know damn well if that was a New York Rangers player tripping. You know, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Raquel, anybody that that would be 1000 percent called and probably called a penalty shot. So uh, uh, although I did, I don't think it was a penalty shot, uh, I I kind of disagree with you there. Uh, I just felt like even though he was attempting to probably get, get a shot off, uh, I just felt like that was more of a trip. And
1: um, I would have called it a tripping there. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. no yeah so sorry as i'm i eating my dinner while we record this um yeah you know it and it very well stands to reason that maybe next time wes mccauley officiates a game for the rangers he pulls me and side, like hey you know listen uh you know after the game i watched and i did miss that i'm sorry um or it could potentially even be a thing where he's close to it so him he thinks whatever me he could help himself down or just thought it was like a the 50-50 more type of play jostle. And who knows, maybe if that's a younger ref there and Wes is the one down the ice and sees it, he'll correct them. But because it's maybe even a younger official gets an eye on it and that's a penalty, but Wes is right there and doesn't call it, he's not going to go over the senior official's head. But you have to imagine, they have, to, do, they have earpieces, do they not? I know they have mics, but do they have earpieces? I mean, is there not... It'd be very shocking to me if there wasn't like an official up in the, up in, you know, like up in the upper, like, uh, like coaches have. I know, know they have an off ice official. Uh, I don't know if they're able to call penalties. I think they're only there for, you know, to turn the buzzer on if they see that it's a goal. Um, I mean, yeah. Does that not sound stupid? If you have someone who can get the best vantage point, obviously you need people that are close to it, but then you also need people that can get, who can watch in real time, the angles that we had at home, but without going to the Situation Room in Toronto. Because obviously, that's a bridge. Um, that, like, getting the headset on and all that takes a lot of time. But if there's an official that can... Like, we, in the broadcast, we saw it 30 seconds after it happened. You, you're telling me there's not... like Much like the players watching their shifts on the iPad. You're telling me there's not someone, an official can, can't sit up in the, uh, the nosebleeds in a, in a box... You the, know, the, in the press the, box. The problem then, I
0: see with this, Andy, though, is yeah. if we need another like official elsewhere to call a penalty like that, we're in trouble. Like, as a leak, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, something that obvious, should, like the ref should be able to handle it. That's, well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's I, tripping I that's I mean, what I don't understand. If it was, I, I would say that's more, more for behind the play stuff where you might not catch it. Um, you know, the hit that Lindgren took you know, maybe an off ice official that's watching that play, maybe it would, maybe we'll be able to, you know, you know, uh, I don't know, voice yeah, just, down. If you had something in your ear or something, you know, say, you know, Hey, uh Pittsburgh, you know, number 14 just took a penalty there behind the play. Like I could see that working, but I mean, geez, with the Mika trip, it's, I wouldn't even say anything if I was on uh, top of the ice. Cause I'd be like, he must've saw something down there that I didn't because that's, Tripping one on one there. So, um, but yeah, the, the meek, uh, the lingering hit behind the play, I thought that was kind of, you know, ridiculous that they, that didn't get called. But again, the ref didn't see it. So what can you do? And not to mention, we were over for 3 on the power play. So I don't know. It's just, you
1: got to chalk it up as one of those games, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. So, uh, again, not too upset about the, all good things must come to an end. Like I said, uh, like I also said, it will be interesting to see. You know, he had uh, Tarkin mentioned pregame that some guys were banged up. We know Brodzinski's; he did play, but he had been he blocked a few shots and was limping around a little bit. We know Heedle came surprisingly played in that game. Uh, after most people suspected he had a concussion, but maybe it could have just been some neck stiffness from getting kind of cross-checked and then falling. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. With the way this game played out, especially in a, in a lo- after losing efforts is when Turk makes his adjustments. So the next game against the Islanders uh, tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it drops, will be pretty interesting because uh, if there's one guy who will probably come out of the lineup, I would put my money on Blay. after that game. Probably get Julian Gauthier back in. Bring in the goat. You're yeah, and need that's, him. The, that's the weird thing is that his speed brings an element and his ability to draw penalties and his speed is like even if he doesn't score himself and he had been scoring but then obviously he kind of came back down a little bit but his foot speed you know i just think if if he's clearly an upgrade on blay at this point so i don't know why you know he should definitely be in the lineup and now that you know you sent carpenter down so now you have a guy in brodzinski who's got who's a faster skater to play with him uh on the fourth line and who knows if Kraftsaw will finally move up and that If you had a fourth line of Goudreau, Gauthier, and Brodzinski, that's a pretty good fourth line, you know. So, uh, yeah. So I think if the, if Turk's going to keep off with Panarin and, and Zabanajad, then you have the kid line, the the VC Trocheck, uh, Kreider line, which was great last game, and then you have that fourth line. I, I you could you could do a lot worse than that, honestly, in my book. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree.
0: Uh. You know, the one thing I'm looking here at Blaze contract, $1.5 Do you think they try to move him at all? Oh,
1: boy. I mean, he only makes $1.5. And I do think, I do wonder if a team would take him as just a last minute reclamation project. Cause he's, you know, what? He's 26 at this point. He's 26. Think. Yep. Okay. I, I mean, guess he's a guy. He's a guy that I think. He's got one, and he's got one year. He left. This is it. Yeah. He's oh, UFA. this is it. He's a, okay. Well, he's not coming back. They're not giving him no, a contract. No, 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 no. So, uh, I don't know if they'd be able to trade him this year. You know, I don't. I don't think any contenders would take him based on what he's done so far. Uh, he most likely walks. And, I feel you know, like he would stuff. have to be a throw-in though for a package. Like if they maybe a sal- his- to get salary out, you you lessen the overall you know i don't know if they part of a trade the rangers make i uh, yeah maybe honestly if they need to if they want to also for whatever reason they're like we're signing patrick kane we need to get as rid of him, as much cap as possible then maybe yeah maybe they throw in a pick a third round pick and flip him to a rebuilder you know and who knows he could even then if especially teams like uh i don't know arizona is like look we're not gonna be good next year Either, but we can bring in Sammy play He can be a little bit older, tougher leader on this team. You know, a little bit more grit. He's got a ring. uh And lo and behold, if he does somewhat turn it around, what uh, a full season after his ACL injury, and then next year he actually shows he's got some game left in him, then they can flip. So, you know, we'll see. They would get first, first cracks at resigning him. Uh, obviously, if they take him for the rest of this year, they can negotiate with with him, with them, or whatever if they choose to. And you know. So, uh, yeah, that's probably the move, I guess, for, for the GOAT, but, or excuse me, not the GOAT, for uh, Blay, But, yeah, just obviously knowing that, uh, yeah, that, that Never trade, obviously it had to happen. You just They can't resign everyone as it is right now. But, yeah, obviously in a perfect world, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I don't know. I guess in a, in a lot of ways it was always going to be either, because even if you didn't sign Barkley Goudreau and some of the other players they signed it was never going to be that many guys it was it would be either Kreider or Buchnevich and they went with Kreider. although last year you know Kreider has a great year and honestly this year he's on pace for uh 30 goal plus goals anyway so it's not like yeah he's ne- he was never going to score 50 again but uh you know he's still going to have a pretty good goal scoring year so but yeah just obviously that trade looks worse by the day unfortunately so but it's sometimes you just have to To eat it, you know, instead of just try to salvage what seems unfortunately to be an unsalvageable situation. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, and... and
0: yeah it's just it's it's tough i i thought the sammy blade that we saw last year even though that was extremely limited he was just kind of like a spark plug and i think i i fell in love with him and you just keep expecting that game to come back to life and you know i know it's from his injury and that guy probably needs his legs to to sustain his his type of style of game that he wants to play and if it's just not there the strength is not there the you know to mentally overcome that type of injury too is is i'm sure impacting him so yeah i just unfortunately i think uh he's bottoming bottoming out here and New York Rangers are either going to have to move on from him or especially after that penalty i don't care if you're frustrated or not you're on the fourth line bro you cannot be taking a stupid penalty like that against the Pittsburgh Penguins who you know obviously the power play that they're throwing out there is you know some of the best players in the league, so yeah, just a stupid, stupid play. Uh, he needs to be sat without a doubt, bring on the goat, uh you know, you know, we got our work cut out for us with the islanders, who you know just seem to be playing, you know, I, I actually have a problem, Andy. yeah, the Islander avalanche game, um obviously islanders are our next opponent, but it went zero zero into a shootout now, in fantasy, I had Georgie. And my opponent had Sorokin. Uh, Sorokin. We both got credit for a shutout. Really? Uh, yes. Did you know that? In fan, well, I guess fan, I guess in the league, he gets credited for a shutout in that situation.
1: Uh, Which yeah, I—that's that's surprising to me, actually.
0: I disagree. I disagree yeah. with the NHL. That's not a shutout. You eventually surrendered a goal in the shootout. It's still one on the scoreboard. That's your goal against, so not a shutout.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, by the way, for the folks listening at home, James and I are in the same fantasy league. Uh, we are currently uh, one and two uh, tied. James being one, we're tied, but James, I think you have more regulation, so you're technically in first. Um, so actually, yeah, I think it, we both have the same amount of wins.
0: Uh is it goal differential? No, or? I think it's losses. I I think you have two ties and i have one less loss or something yeah. like that
1: so but obviously very very tight in this uh in this league so james and i are trying to make all the uh, incremental adjustments we can you know and get get the savviness going but uh yeah no I'm, I'm with you i think that's that you can't have i know i i understand maybe the reasoning oh and look at that it's one nothing pants. sorry i'm i'm looking at the new jersey oh nope it's tied okay uh, but yeah, no, it's a, you can't have two goalies getting a shutout. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I have another question that's slightly off topic,
0: but I I kind of want to get your take on it. Um, you know, th- then we can maybe preview the Rangers Islanders after. Uh, but my one question is: the New York Mets just signed uh, Correa, and they are far past the the soft cap that the MLB has and they're paying their luxury tax and that's great and all. My question to you, I want to get your take because I was thinking today, I had a conversation with, you know, a couple of my buddies and, you know, they were saying how it's kind of unfair that in the MLB, these owners can just outspend, outspend, outspend everybody else. And, you know, we're also talking about how some of the owners just straight up don't care like Pittsburgh Pirates. They're just looking for their check that they get from the teams that are over the luxury tax, and they could care less of how much money they spend. They're just looking to strictly make a profit, and that's that. They're not trying to win a championship. They're not trying to put together a competitive team or overspend on players to bring them to their market. Um, You know, For the NHL, we do have a salary cap, yet we still have markets that really struggle, and it's always kind of the same markets. You know the Arizonas kind of struggle. Um, the Florida Panthers are a tough draw, even though they're a little bit more competitive, obviously. But I, I think that has to do more with so with their state tax being minimal. So I just want to get your your take. Um, you know, would you would you be ever opposed? I mean, the cap is going to go up in the NHL. We we believe over the next five years. I just want to get your take on, you know, do you disagree with like a soft cap or do you, could you see maybe the NHL may not, maybe loosening the reins and allowing teams to go a little bit higher? (sighs) Hmm. Um, Because I feel like I see the same problems in both leagues and both are total opposite. One's a hard cap and the other one is a soft cap.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I I just think by because the NHL is on such a... Sorry, my my dog is... Because the NHL salary-wise is on such a lower strata, that's why I just think for whatever reason, I, that leads me to believe that they would never, I think the, the advantage, uh, that uh, an owner like Jim Dolan would have over, uh, the, like the, who, who, uh, Xavier Gutierrez, is he the owner of the the coyotes? Uh, right. Is he the new owner? (laughs) I could just look that up, but, uh, but still, like I said, there's a, there's like you had said before there's some there's such a clear difference in the amount of what the the those two organizations and what their approaches and what they're prioritizing you know there's already teams that have had an internal cap for years like the Ottawa senators uh probably like the coyotes, whereas there's other ones that don't mind shelling out. you look at uh you know Ted Leonsis in Washington who makes it a priority to uh to shell out big money to make sure they're a competitive team, you know, uh, same thing with Jim Dolan, although you, then you have to deal with his interference and, and meddling. That's another
0: uh, Alex M-er- Murillo. Excuse me. Murillo, yes. yeah.
1: yeah. And Andrew Barraway. Sorry. Uh, Gutierrez is, is the, is he the general manager? Hey, uh, no, Bill Armstrong is, I don't know. He's, I will see. Maybe this is an old, I could have swore, but whatever doesn't, does you know, it's the Arizona coyotes, not our <laughs> podcast does not matter. Anyway, but to my to my point, in a long winded way, is that I just think when you're dealing, it's maybe it's one thing when you're dealing with uh, baseball teams that even the lower end teams are playing with um, so much more money than even some of the most outside the New York Rangers, which are an extremely uh, rich franchise. But you know, some of the lower end teams in the NHL couldn't even you know sniff whatever the uh, you know I don't know the Athletics are the Oakland days are paying, you know what I mean? So for that reason, I I don't think so, but it's, it is to your point. It is very interesting that a hard cap league and a soft, you know, and a, and a soft cap league both kind of have that problem just kind of, albeit in slightly different ways. Uh, you know what I mean? But I think at the end of, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to, uh, the prior, like you had mentioned the priority of the owners, you know what I mean? Uh, Ever when um, Pierre Dorian, uh, excuse me, uh, when uh, Eugene Melnick passed away in Ottawa and his, his family took over, we now know they're trying to sell, but at the same time, finally, you know, there was an internal cap for years, but it looks like this year they they paid the money to bring in, you know, Giroux and to bring it. Uh And yeah, it, it kind of, I guess, when the family was in charge, like, whether it was for his legacy or maybe because it's not, they weren't so entrenched in what his business dealings were you know they were a little bit more willing to use their family money to to pay out so uh but yeah i think that's the it i think it all comes down to the mindset of of the owner like you look at a team like the carolina hurricanes that are still pretty uh stingy with how they spend money but at but they have found a good balance of employing a good analytics department and that they will spend but you have to remake a really strong case. And they have internal rules like, you know, you're not drafting a defenseman this high or this or, you know, because they they see players as what they are, too. They they have value both uh, on the ice and then monetarily. And they they kind of use uh, analytics to figure that out before shelling out, whereas other teams like the Rangers they are like, you know, this guy who was been a superstar for this year, but he's turning 36. Yeah, we'll throw him money. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, but you know what? Kudos. Kudos to Steve Cohen, man. Like. You know, I think other teams in baseball are they're they're whatever there's they're almost trying to dunk on the Mets for spending too much money. It's not your money. Well, I can promise you the lower markets are ecstatic. Yeah, because there's revenue sharing. They're probably loving it, loving it. And the players have to be loving it, too, because it's good. You know what that means? They're going to those other teams in the league or say oh this is what it's going to take to stay competitive even if i'm not going to redo that they're going to make it's making some other teams next season are going to be more bullish with how much they're spending because if the mets have a great season because they brought you know they basically just paid out the ass for all these good players and they they end up getting closer hell even maybe you know winning the pennant then uh that's what the gold standard is going to gonna have to be, and teams are going to have to spend more money, and the, so that's more money for the players. So, yeah, the player, the lower end teams with the revenue sharing are happy. I think obviously, if you want to say teams that are unhappy, it would be kind of like the middling teams who maybe you know they're they're trying to be competitive and they have a good thing going, but they maybe can't compete at least money wise. Yeah, I mean, like you know,
0: not to keep bringing up baseball, but yeah, you can definitely tell, or at least in my opinion, you know, it's gotta be frustrating to be like the, you know, the Cleveland guardians or the reds and, you know, the white Sox, where, you know, those teams, you know, they can be competitive, but they just don't have the ownership to put, put together a, you know, 250, $300 million, you know, payroll. And, you know, you know, fortunately, you know, I, I am a Met fan and I, you know, I, looking back at the Yankees all these years my entire childhood was the New York you know Yankees just pay for everybody they pay for everybody and you know you used to make poke fun of them but at the end of the day they weren't breaking the rules they were just listen, listen we're trying to win championships we're a brand we got to be you know a winner and you know now that the Mets have the you know richest owner maybe in sports i don't know if there's a richer owner um but yeah Cohen made 5 billion dollars last year just spent $800 million during this offseason, which is uh, by and far a record. So, uh, yeah, he's trying to win championships. So that's, you know, unfortunately, that's the, the circumstances that he has to, to, you know, do in order to win. Because, you know, uh, unless you have some mastermind and Billy Bean it, you're not going to win championships. And, you know, you, if you take it back to the NHL, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know. Vegas made a cup run after their first year. You don't think analytics played an important role in, you know, scouting certain players to kind of fit a mold that they thought they can be competitive in. Um, You know, same with, you know, you mentioned Carolina before, you know, obviously a stingy organization, but hell, they're one of the best teams in the NHL and they've been one of the best teams in the NHL over the last five years. So uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it it is what it is in sports. You know, I, I still think at the end of the day, yeah, spending money is just buying you a lotto ticket. Obviously the more you spend, the better odds you have at winning. But again, it's a lotto ticket. So you're you're not guaranteed anything. You gotta you know, you gotta have a lot of luck. You know, health obviously is huge. Um, you know, and just timing is everything, especially in hockey. You wanna get hot during the postseason. So um Andy, Rangers face off against, unless you have anything else on that. Um, nope. Uh, you know, they face off against uh, the rival New York Islanders. Uh, let's see how the Islanders have been playing. I, I really, 3-5-2, and two, they're struggling. Um, they beat us, though, on our home ice. We got a revenge night coming at us. Uh, my sister just told me today that she's going to the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this one. This one is going to be a true test of where we are uh, mentally. If we can come back and beat this team, and I want to beat them. Like, I want to beat them by four plus goals. I really want to blow them out of the building. Uh, There's no reason we can't. We're playing the best hockey we've played all season. Uh, You know, we got to get our power play going. Um, You know, that third line has been able to score goals. That's important. I know we're a little beat up. We might be tired from that, you know, three-game road trip, but, you know, there's no excuse here. This is a rival game circled on the calendar. It's going to be buzzing It's the holiday season. You know, you got you got to bring everything. So, you know, what do you expect from the New York Rangers tomorrow night? Yeah, today,
1: uh, I was at the game where they had a lead and they, they blew a three goalie in the third period. So it still stinks for me. I much like you, James, I want, you know, I want a revenge game. And that like you said, that's not just squeaking out a one goal overtime. I want it to end in regulation with the Rangers up two to three goals because yeah. it has to be a statement. I think Sorokin is struggling right now, which shows he is uh clearly beatable, although he plays excellent against the Rangers, where I, I have felt for at least the last little while the Rangers do not take the rivalry as serious as their their rivals. I don't think they take it as serious as the Devils and I don't think they take it as serious as the Islanders. So they have to start. Um, and no better, better way of saying, you know what? We were winning. Our winning streak ended and we lost one that we probably should have at least been tied in or could have won if we had just got our, you know, done a better job on special teams. But, you know, they're right in it with the good teams and they can, they played better than Pittsburgh last night on the road. So come home and uh, beat, yeah, get your, have a short memory and get your revenge against the, against the Islanders. That's what you got to do. Yeah, and you know, I expect I want the power play to be kil- clicking. I want our best
0: players to play their best game, and there's no excuse here. And I hope that Georgie's in net. I would imagine he is, since we're going to be off for the next four days. Um, yeah. Who do you think is going to be in goal? You think they definitely throw out George, uh, Georgie? Oh my god. Uh, you think they Sorokin? Uh, well, you think Igor is going to be in net for the Rangers?
1: I do. Yeah, okay. it's not going to be Halak, no. Um. Yeah, I'll be interesting because he's struggled, and Varlamov uh, is has actually been a little bit better recently than Sorokin, so we'll see. But no, I think it's going to be Sorokin and Igor again. So, uh, but yeah, yeah well, I mean, who knows? You know, I, yeah. I, I listen. Islanders I, beat at the end of the day, could, four uh, days uh, look off look after this. Um, beat the Islanders,
0: please, in a convincing fashion the fans deserve this you you guys deserve it you know it's a statement win before you have a nice little break and come back home and you have to face off against the capitals another must win game in my opinion and you know you really want to end the year off feeling good about yourself you gotta you know kind of separate yourself from the pack that's a little bit below you because you know i kind of do see you know i think now right now you kind of do see there's a little bit of a gap opening up. I know Buffalo's been hot, but Florida hasn't been that great. They, they're just kind of hovering around 500 over the last few games. Um, Buffalo's been on a little bit of a streak winning four in a row, but you know they're still down there in points. You want to just keep winning hockey games, keep getting points when you can, and you got to keep beating. You know The Islanders, You know they're three points behind you. The Washington Capitals are three points behind you. Um, they each have, well, no, Islanders have a game in hand you know, beat those guys, separate yourself from the pack, um, you know, and put yourself in a position to, you know, hopefully leapfrog. I don't know if you're going to be able to leapfrog Pittsburgh or Carolina, but you know, if the devils keep struggling, you, you certainly want to jump up into that second or third spot in the Metro because, you know, come, you know, January, February, March, the grind of the season, you know, you're going to be thankful that you're winning hockey
1: games in December. So uh, you got anything else, Andy? Yeah, James, it's the most wonderful time of the year. You know what time that is? What, what time is that? It's World Juniors time. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, the New York Rangers. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I clicked on a link that had the hockey on very loud. Excuse me. Sorry. Bad podcasting. Uh, but yeah, as I said, it is World Juniors time. Uh, the tournament starts in earnest on the 25th, the day after Christmas, as is tradition. I know it seems weird because they had played the, their the makeup tournament over the summer. So it's like, it was just the world juniors, but that was the makeup. And now they're back to their usual regular, uh, schedule. As far as the New York Rangers goes, they have a couple of prospects again, uh, representing them. They have obviously Brennan Othman for Canada, who right now is the, uh, crown jewel of their, uh, current prospect pipeline. Adam Shakura for Slovakia, uh, Kale Weissenden for Finland. Yaren uh, uh, Milaj for, I think that's how you pronounce it. I've been trying to look up how to pronounce that to make sure. Or is it Malash? I think it's Malash. So Malash for uh, Czechia and Noa Lava for the United States. So one, two, three. That's five prospects in total uh, for the New York Rangers. Uh, I think I watched Brendan Othman play. Uh, they uh, counterplayed uh, Switzerland yesterday uh in or excuse me two two was it yesterday or two, it was two days ago in a little pre-tournament action he looked good that he's playing on the top line with Shane Wright and uh uh Connor Bedard so obviously that's worth the price of admission right there playing with you know who a guy who probably should have been first overall last year and the guy who will most definitely be first overall this year and a generational player in Connor Bedard so uh yeah that's an awesome opportunity for him and obviously you and i were both and as most rangers fans were upset with him going back to you know the ohl but you know what i i think for the rangers to kind of never let their prospects over ripen they always kind of pick them too early so i honestly let's try this approach this time and he already looks physical and nasty and and showing off his deadly shot and they nice skull uh and get into the hard-to-go you know go areas in that pre-tournament game. I think they're actually playing. He's playing right now, as we record this podcast, against Adam Shakura in Slovakia. Lo and behold, Canada's up 3 nothing. And also the USA played Sweden earlier today. This is all pre-tournament action. Uh, and then, like I said, oh, excuse me, on the 26th, the day after Christmas, uh, the tournament begins. So, yeah, if you... I don't... Like I said, here in the States, I, I assume it's going to be on the NHL network. Uh, but there are other ways to watch these games if you want the Network. Just do your do your research. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited for this tournament because there's no better time during the holiday season, the Christmas uh, you know Christmas weekend week, and right between now and New Year's is sitting on the couch in your uh, warm uh, wool jammies and watching the World Juniors. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast.